0: You're listening to the Art Problems Podcast, Episode 30. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about the start of the fall art season, because the start of the fall art season is upon us. This week, you will be looking at a lot of fall previews if you haven't already, lists of recommended exhibitions from around the country. It's a little late now, but the time to approach journalists about your show is usually early August, as critics are the only busy ones in the last two weeks of month as they frantically write up their reviews of museums and, and nonprofit shows coming up this year. The commercial gallery show write-ups typically follow. This year, at least in New York, the commercial listings have taken the form of extensive spreadsheets and listings thus far. I'm speaking specifically of a service called Art Haps and Two Coats of Paint. And the fairs have been getting a little bit more attention, perhaps because there are fewer of them, so they're easier to handle. So there's like maybe a handful compared to... The 271 show listings, for example, that came on the Art Hap spreadsheet. So definitely the fairs are a little bit easier to manage, which is, I don't know, somewhat ironic when you consider what the actual experience is of a fair. So I want to say here that most of us will get no write-ups whatsoever for the shows that we do. You might live outside of a city center Or have a small show somewhere in New York that either isn't deemed newsworthy or a listing amongst 270 other listings, right? So that's not really a write-up, it's just a link to your press release. I would say, I would guess maybe 50 to 60 shows total will receive a small write-up each month from one publication, which might make your odds of getting right up, like say, roughly twenty percent, if we decide that three hundred is the number of shows each month in New York. But I have to say that that number kind of seems high to me, so I'm I'm not sure I even trust that. I'm just sort of throwing that out there as a rough estimate. Basically, your odds are much better than getting a grant because I think the odds of getting a a grant typically like 4% would be considered high, but that's only if you live in New York City and that number is also far from assured. So I think, you know, the question that a lot of you will have is, well, so what do I do to get seen? And the answer to that, the simple answer anyway, is to show up. So last year, I reported that the gallery opening scene in Tribeca seemed more alive than the art fair scene. So I recommend attending these September openings if you're in New York, because I think they will be something of a scene. I also recommend attending the art fairs, even if you are not participating. So the big ones to attend are spring break and the Armory Show, and a tip here is that hyperallergic readers get 25% off the armory tickets and 50% off art on paper fare tickets. So that link is going to be in our show notes, so you can get those discounts because the prices to get into art fairs now are getting to be quite high. So I've talked about how to manage art fair networking in previous episodes. Episode 8 on the Miami art fairs is something that I recommend listening To for tips if you haven't already. But, you know, I think there are always more tips. And these tips that I've put together for you today, they may seem like they apply to art fairs, but they apply pretty much to any opening that you might go to. So here are some strategies that I think we either haven't talked about or need to be discussed again. So the first one, I don't even know if I would call this a strategy. It's just something you should do. So the first thing is that if you don't have a business card, I recommend printing them. Moo has next day delivery if you want them immediately. And what you want on your business card is your name, your email, your phone number, your website. And I would also include your Instagram handle. I want to encourage you to put all of that information on your card. I think one time I decided that I didn't want anybody to call me because, um, or maybe I wanted them to call me, but I didn't want them to email me because I, I felt like I had too much email already. and That was really stupid because the whole reason that you give somebody a business card is to give them your contact information. So basically what I ended up doing that particular trip to the fairs was like manually writing in my information that I hadn't put on the card. So don't don't make the mistake that I did. Put all the information there. And also, you know, I know that many of you will use show cards as business cards. That's perfectly acceptable. But I would say that make sure that your contact information is available because the big thing is you want people to contact you right? So you want them to know about more than just your show information, where it is. You want them to email you. You want to have their email on your list. so You also want to be asking for that. So tip number two is one that I think is super helpful with networking, but is maybe one that people know about half of, which is the Instagram QR code. So many artists will print this out and post it in their booth so that people can easily follow them on Instagram. But if you're walking around a fair as a participant and end up in a great conversation with somebody, you might want to make it easy for them to follow you on Instagram, and you can do that. You can access your QR code by tapping on the hamburger menu. That's the three stacked lines at the top right of your profile. And then there's a drop down menu that just says click on that you that just says QR code which you can click on. And then somebody can just take their camera, scan it for that code and follow you easily. So that's a really easy way so that people can follow you on Instagram. Now, sometimes if I'm worried that I won't remember how to find a particular place on Instagram or I won't remember how to get the code, I'll take a screenshot and save it. To my photos as a favorite so that I have it really easily accessible. So that's one way that you can just like make it easy for people to follow you on Instagram. Next on my list of recommendations is to create a list of booths and shows that you liked as you see them while you're seeing shows or at the fairs. This is good for you. Because you want to track those galleries and artists. I usually like to make more than just a mental list. I have to take photographs of everything so that I remember the names. I write them down later uh, because my memory is not that great. If yours is, fantastic. You don't need to do that. But just have that list. It's also really important to have a mental list ready when you meet people. Because pretty much everyone asks everyone else what they've seen and what they've liked. And you need to have an answer to that because your answers matter. If you give good advice, or I think good is probably the wrong word, right? Like if you give recommendations that somebody else likes, they're going to remember that. And they're going to remember you for that. It also helps you just develop a sense of what you like. So that's really important. And it also just, you know, it helps you talk to other people. Another tip. If you don't remember the name of a person who obviously knows who you are, you can introduce them to a friend. Have you met my friend so and so? What will happen is that this person whose name you don't remember will then introduce themselves and then you will know who they are without having to ask them, which is the worst. There are definitely a few people who I have been introduced to or talked to on a regular basis whose name I don't really remember that well. So this trick has really saved me because sometimes you get to a point where it's definitely not cool to ask for the name anymore. <laughs> like, so you have to have a strategy to get it without asking for the name. So that's mine. So here's a common problem. You'd like to talk to a gallerist or artist, but you're a little bit nervous to do that. Ask them if you can take a picture of the booth or... I mean, the gallery is a little bit more weird. This one's a little bit more art-specific. But I think maybe sometimes you can get a little bit shy about talking about work that you feel like you should know more about than you do. And a good way to get around that is to ask if you can take the picture. Because once that spark is created, usually... Whoever is in the booth is just going to start talking to you about the work. I hate to put it this way, but they don't have anything else to do usually. Like It's their entire job to talk to people about the work, so let them do that and that's great for you too because then you'll learn more about the work. Here's a great strategy, bring snacks or budget accordingly. There is not a sandwich in this land that will cost less than $15 and that is the cheap stuff lunch will usually cost somewhere between $30 to $40 easily. So you either have to just budget for that chunk of change or, you know, bring trail mix or something, you know. Speaking of which, I also recommend wearing sneakers or some kind of shoe that's really comfortable because normally, you know, I have one of those watches I think most of us do at this point where we can track how many steps we've taken during art fair week, I'm always in the twenty to 30,000 minimum steps, right? So you want shoes that will carry you. Finally, if you're visiting an art fair or at an opening but not exhibiting because the rules for exhibiting artists are different, talk about your work last if you're just having a conversation with people or don't mention it at all. Mention you're an artist, but don't necessarily make your work the center of the conversation. And I have talked about this in the previous art fair episode, but gallerists, especially at openings and and at art fairs, they're typically too nervous to chat with you about your work because they're busy trying to sell something else. So you want to engage with them on their terms. It's a little bit rude to just be talking about your work when they're trying to sell something else. If you say you like the art on view, just say why you like it and then leave your art out of it. Now, I'm going to walk you through another strategy that is adjacent to the art world. So it's of no consequence to you, but I think it'll help you understand the philosophy behind this last point where you're not really selling yourself. You're, not, you're leaving your art out of it entirely. So in marketing, when we place Facebook ads, The strategy that any marketing agency worth their salt employs is that they run ads to material first, where you're selling absolutely nothing. And these are what are called visibility ads. All you're doing is introducing people to who you are. Once they know who you are, then you can start using ads to send them products that they might buy. But you don't do that before you just introduce yourself to them. Now, this should tell you two things for your own practice. The first is that if you are placing ads on your Instagram, because Instagram is inviting you to spend money on your better performing posts, first of all, straight up, don't do that. The vast majority of artists that I'm working with aren't placing ads. But for the few of you who do, Know that this is a complete waste of money, and most of you have reported that it is. So you kind of know this, but I think you don't really know why it's a waste of money. So the reason it's a waste of money is, one, you need to manage your ads through an ad manager, not through the Instagram app because you can't see enough data. And you need to warm people up before they will buy from you so the ads won't work. And beyond that, normally what most artists are doing is they're just trying to get more followers. But if the ads aren't really targeted to people who are already sort of interested, then you're going to get a bunch of randoms that follow you and they're not going to be interested in the rest of your content. So what happens is the rest of your posts have lower engagement. So you're basically just frying your Instagram account. So those are all the reasons that I think that there's almost no reason for most artists to post an ad. Now, back to the art fair. If you're at an art fair, your goal is not to promote your work. It's only to be seen. So the fair itself is your visibility ad. Your only goal is is to have good conversations with people because your only goal is to be remembered, right? At this point, you just want people to remember who you are. I know that no artist wants to frame their networking around what a marketing agency does, so I get it. But I bring this up because I want you to know that it's not just me sharing like the art fair strategies that I happen to do for myself that happen to work. There's an analogous process in another field that has a lot of data supporting its effectiveness. So being visible works. Your opportunities, and this is really what I'm coming around to here, and I've said this before, but your opportunities aren't random. You have control over how you are seen. And I want you to know this so that when you go to an art fair, it's not just a terrible experience of seeing art selling for prices that you can't imagine it's so high and friends and places that you wish you were. You will have a better understanding that this is just part of your path to get you to those places because the more you show up there the more it will seem to everyone including yourself that you belong thank you for listening if you like the show please leave a review and share it with a friend it really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you you can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art podcast